for anyone visiting and living in central Tokyo, come visit the Nakameguro Tap Room from Baird Brewery. Opened in 2008, Nakameguro Tap Room is the first Tokyo area tap room from Baird Brewery. Their kitchen specializes in New Haven style of pizza, which I have told you is the best style of Neapolitan pizza. New Haven style places a high emphasis on high temperature baking, fresh seasonal toppings, and a crispy light crust. Combined with all the classic Japan based Baird beers on tap, enjoy all vintage beer hall feels at Nakameguro Tap Room. There's even a sofa area and a large TV screen great for sporting events. Only a two minute walk from Nakameguro Station, the tap room is open daily until 10 pm. For more information, visit bairdbeer.com. As Brando said, I, me either, I don't want people to think、uh, I want to shoot only Japan stuff because、yeah. I plan to travel great, great. and I want my videos to still be great even if it's not in Japan. you know. But I think what, what's happening is if you shoot anything Japan related, it's well consumed. Yes. So, you have to choose if you want to. It's a huge market. Yeah, it's a huge market. If you want to go for you know, something that's sure that you're going to get views or sure that you're going to get creative. Sometimes they don't work together. Hey there. Welcome to Made in Japan Conversations with Meljo Catalan. This is my podcast about Japan, but it's not just your run of the mill, cool Japan podcast. I want to explore a side of Japan besides sushi and sumo, anime and video games. I'm here to extrapolate and meditate with the local people that your travel guide probably doesn't touch on, people that are hungry for making it, and people that have made it. This podcast is my talks with them. What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to my podcast.、Uh, and I am back to my kind of regularly scheduled program.、Um, so we are here on episode 51, and I want to shine a light on specifically a group of people that really don't have the spotlight shine on them because they put the spotlight on most other people or the landscape of Japan and their surroundings.、Um, we're going to be talking to two up and coming photographers and videographer.、Um, one up and coming photographer, his name is Brandon.、Uh, he goes by his Instagram handle at、uh, smallworldphoto. And we also have a one Brazilian. Uh, videographer. His name is at、uh, Muddy Walsh. Muddy and Brandon, they are, I don't know, if you ever check their page, which I highly recommend you check their page, they, they do some really amazing work.、Uh, as you know, people who come to Japan, they want to take all these videos and photos and, you know, all sorts of、uh, amazing media that because Japan is just welcome to bring such. Forth lots of people who are just, you know, you know, just visually stimulated, really visually stimulated to what is happening in this country. So, but yeah, anyways, I dedicate this episode to all the people who are interested to taking pictures 
and videos and movies um, in Japan and it's it's beauty so but we are going to listen and hear two specific individuals um, a little bit different in, ter- in their paths right now but they are going to share their passion about photography and you know video of of their life in Japan and so without further ado this is Brandon and Muddy Wash Shutterbugs in Japan and here we go since I'm a Brazilian, rice yeah. is pretty much like five times of the week on our plate. Yeah. So I'm used to. In Japan, you're used to rice too, so I, I can deal with that. If I switch now to only pasta, I know it's going to be a struggle. I'm going to enjoy it, it's delicious, but in the long term, you know, I don't know. You know what I mean? See, the problem is I've been, I grew up with rice. Yeah. Whether it's Filipino rice, yeah. Chinese rice, Japanese rice, I'm sick of fucking rice, man. Yeah. But don't you miss it if you stay like six months without? No, actually, I'm, I don't miss it. Okay, so that's good. For I, so I, I love the taste of rice in Japan. <laughs> I, I love sticky rice in Japan. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but it's the most boring food, like, ever. It's just boring. I don't know. I mean, but, but I mean, many people can say pasta is boring though, because it's such a pasta is such a blank slate, and you can just do whatever you want. Like, we're like rice, but, you know. But at the same time, thinking about bread and this pizza that I'm eating, yeah. I don't know if I could give up pizza, and I can't give up tacos, so maybe bread's the one I keep. See, that's my, my answer. I would choose bread for the rest of my life. I, I would do away with the, with the ramen, the noodles, the spaghetti, the pasta, yeah. rice. I would just go bread. Oh, man, I would stick with the rice. Because <laughs> it's... it's Keeping me alive until now, you know? Loyal to the end. Yeah. (laughs) If they change it now, and I'm sure both of them are delicious, the pasta and bread, but in the long term, I'm gonna miss rice. Because I do miss rice. That's the problem. When I'm like away or when I cannot eat rice, I miss it. First of all, Brandon Marty, thank you for coming. I was on you. Marty, when you first came to Japan, did you notice the difference of taste of rice? Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Because as you, your rice, is, it looks like our rice, Brazilian yeah. rice, the way we, we do it. So when you come to Japan, there's nothing, not even, not even salt on the rice. Basically just water or vinegar, right? So in Brazil we do with garlic and all yeah. these things, like you guys. So of course I felt it. But that's the thing. It's funny because if you bring a Brazilian now, that just arrived in Japan now here, and give a plate of rice, whatever, like white rice, you know, shirogohan. They will hate it, Brazilian. But I got used to that. But I can enjoy both rices, the Brazilian one and the Japanese one. If I live for the rest of my life only with Japanese rice, I'm fine. Only with the Brazilian, I'm fine too. And they get crazy when I see that. I say, but there's no flavor, it's sticky. It was like, I don't know, man, I got used to. 
I mean, there's a scent to it, right? Yeah. I mean, you remember the kind of rice that we ate in America. Exactly, right? Like, that was shit. And, like, usually it was, like, boiled in a pot of water. So, like, when it hits your plate, each individual grain is, like, separated. Like, you could, like, you know, slap it around your plate. Like, it was ridiculous. But when I came to Japan and I had sticky rice, you were talking to somebody who, like, never felt he would ever be into rice ever again and then i had sticky rice and that that changed my life exactly it's yeah it's amazing it is absolutely amazing when was the first time you guys had an onigiri um in japan i I didn't have one before i didn't even know what it was before japan okay so when you first had it were you like what was it like for you Mm, i think i was kind of just like what is this it's pretty interesting that like they wrap rice and seaweed and then like they put stuff inside and then like I kind of could see why it was like a a soul food I guess a Japanese soul food I could understand that because it's so easy to you know to, to eat on the go really cheap I had an appreciation for it well, I'm glad you guys are here, and even though we're not talking about, even though we're eating pizza and not talking about <laughs> rice, like, I got you guys here because I wanted to do an episode on photographers in Japan. Yeah. And you guys are, are the two photographers, and, and then of many photographers here, that I've always wanted an interview. But like, uh, well, and first of all, when you put me in that group, I was like, my God. He's crazy. What am I doing? <laughs> you know, it's just like high caliber, well, I'm, high I'm, pedigree. I'm looking at all. The, I mean, I, I, when I see you guys work, and I see you guys are are cut above the rest, in my opinion. When I see other Instagram or other uh, social media types of photos, like you guys are cut above the rest because you guys know what you're doing. You guys care what you're doing, and so I, I, I really. Honestly, I'm not here to just talk about the, spe- the specifics of what you do. I just want to hear your passion. I want to hear yeah. your stories about like taking photos, taking videos in Japan. Yeah. Right. So like, for both of you, let's let's just go with what was the first time you were just kind of hit with that that camera bug, that hit with that taking a photo. You know, when was that? Can you recall back to the time when you were just like, shit, I like I like photography. I mean, for me, it was January this year. <laughs> January this year. this year. Yeah. And I mean, I've had cameras for years. I, I've had, I think I got my first camera in like 2012. Brandon, dude, you, the way you take photos, dude, looks like you've been taking photos for 20 years. Not at all. I feel like an amateur. Like, every day yeah. I pick up my camera, I'm just like, man, is this good? <laughs> like, it's rare that I take a photo and then I look at it and I'm like, okay, that's a good shot. Most of the time I'm like, that's all right, that's decent. I don't consistently have that feeling that like, this is great. But the thing that I like about that feeling is it doesn't allow me to settle. It doesn't allow me to get comfortable. I always feel like I have to push myself. Like regardless of what other people say about my work, I still feel like there's more that I can do. There's higher that I can climb. And I hope that I keep this feeling because I never want to feel like satisfied with what I'm doing. I don't. I never want to feel that way. As you shouldn't, you know. Buddy? It's funny how my story probably will be. Everything we talk here probably will be very opposite and random, I, I but in I, a good I, I way. Really you know, <laughs> because um, I have a passion for. First of all, I love videos. Yeah. I'm. I'm not saying I'm not good in pictures, but um. I made a decision to dedicate myself 
to videos first. And uh, well, as being an 80s kid, uh, we happened to have a VHS camera home, you know, and then that's where I start playing around. And of course, you have no idea about editing or anything, so you have to film everything in chronological order. And you film this scene, pause, film the second scene, pause, and then you go. You had, did you have the big old school like VHS camera? Yeah. <laughs> Those are bad. Yeah. And now, so I always like it, but um, I never thought like, it was before internet, it was before social media. So you had nowhere to post or to show. Or, or, or anyone to critique, yeah. exactly. besides people in your circle. Yeah, yeah look, so when the family came home, like for Christmas, whatever, then the videos were there on the camera, right? And um, that's how people watch your stuff. But I can say I got serious into it when I got my first GoPro. It was 2012. You were a GoPro shooter. Yeah, I was. I started with a GoPro. Wow. It's like my first camera, this one, 2018. Before oh, wow. that was only GoPro. Wow. What is your camera? It's a Lumix GH5. And he is one of the few people that I know in all the circles that I move with that shoots limits. I don't know many people who shoot with this camera. So, I mean, I mean, enlighten me, because, uh, what, why Lumix? I, I mean, listen, I'm just, a, I'm a very no, likely, I, I That's know. a good question. So, you, why Lumix? Why I, because when I wanted to buy this camera, a camera, I want to shoot a documentary, right? So I couldn't do it in the GoPro. And at that time, the only camera with good price, quote unquote, uh, that shoots 4K 60 FPS was Lumix. Okay. Sony wasn't even doing that yet. You know, the Alpha 6400 at that time. So I was like, okay, I will go for this and I'll probably stay with this camera five years plus. And that's what's happening. And now, of course, all of the other cameras catch up and now we have way better cameras, but uh, the functions this camera had in 2017 was crazy. Okay, so that's why I went for it. No, so yeah, so like just answering your question, yeah. uh, I got serious with the GoPro. I spent a f many years with the GoPro just shooting personal videos. But then at the end, when I got this camera, I said, okay, things can get serious, you know? I mean, about like, social network or work itself. So that's how like I think it got serious for me was 2018. But the passion is from before. Are you, are you working full time? No, not at all. Not at all. I I have a, actually a very heavy job during the week. Yeah. I load trucks, uh, which is a good money, but uh, I work plus 50 hours a week. So to find time to shoot, edit, and wake up 5.30, six times a week, it's crazy. Brandon, too, you are a busy man because you're, you're a family man and you're finding time to do this work as well. Yeah. Um, How do you do it? <laughs> I mean, Mari already knows. My situation is quite unique from other content creators, I think, out there where I've honestly just been fortunate enough to not have to work because of my military service. I didn't retire, but I do collect pension. And I collect pension because when I was in, and as I was getting out, you fill out a claim for disability, so like you tell them all your aches and quakes and all that <laughs> other stuff, and mine just ended up adding up to the max, and that's a lifelong pension. So I make a salary baseline tax-free for the rest of my life without having to work every single month. 
So when I ended up in that situation, I started to think about the things that I didn't do or was hesitant to do because I was afraid because job security or this or that or whatever. And like that's when I decided to quit my job and move my family back here to Japan. And when I moved, it wasn't about content creation. It wasn't about dreams of doing photography. It was just I wanted to be in Japan. That was the only thing I really knew for certain. I wanted to be here. And like photography just kind of came as a byproduct. But you mentioned that you started this year, but like, what was that trigger point? What, what, well, like, what um, got you be like, or what did someone start telling you, or did you just no, like, so when I moved back here <laughs> to Japan, um, I wasn't into my photography. I had I had my Nikon D500 at the time, good camera. Um, I just wasn't shooting on it as much. It was starting to get old. Shutter count was starting to get high. Colors were starting to really be weird every single time I took a shot. Like there was so much color correction involved with fixing those photos, and I just kind of got burnt out of it. So I spent most of 2019 and a lot of 2020, actually most of 2019 and most of 2020. Um, sitting at home, playing video games, um, watching Netflix, there you go. and gaining weight. And I, food. I see you. I see you on your Instagram stories. Your Netflix recommendations, yeah. man. Yeah. Pretty I watch so much. I watch so much TV. I mean, even now, I watch still a lot. Probably more than most people. But like, I after a while, I was just like, what am I doing? Like, I'm not doing anything. Like, I don't have a passion. I'm, and, and before I know it, you know, like, I said that there was a reason why I came back to Japan. Before I know it, you know, 10 years is going to go by, and, like, I hadn't even... I remember the first year, 2019, I didn't participate in Sakura season at all. I wasn't tapped in on Instagram. Like, I didn't know anybody who was going. I just I just made up excuses for not going out. Missed the whole Cherry Blossom season. I was like, man, that sucked. I wish I would have gone. I didn't do it. And then... You know, autumn came, I told myself I was gonna see the autumn foliage somewhere nice. Didn't do that either. And it was just like excuse after excuse after excuse and I just felt like I was wasting my life and wasting my time. And so, I started thinking about photography. Um, but I'm a very social person, so like, going out and shooting street by myself just wasn't doing it. And that's whenever I kinda got the idea that maybe I should try to do portraits because at least I can meet people. And. I remember taking like my first couple portraits and just feeling like, oh man, I suck. And being afraid to approach other people because I didn't want them to like look at what I've done and be like, yeah, no, no thanks. Okay. So um, it was in January of this year that I basically, it wasn't like a New Year's resolution. It wasn't anything like that. But I just was just like, you know what, I'm just going to get out and I'm going to try to be good at this photography thing. That's, that's pretty much all I, I was thinking. I just want to be good. And so I started DMing other photographers to see if I could like go and shoot with people and you know like see what their process was and how they do things. And the first person that I ended up connecting with was uh, Hank. And I don't know, do you know Hank Film? I don't know. Yeah. So he he's a film photographer. He's also a digital photographer. He prefers film. Um, he makes um, some you know short videos, but mostly he's shooting film all the time. And um, I just remembered reading his bio. He says. Um, DM will collab with anybody and usually people don't say things like that I was like that's kind of weird and I didn't know where he was from it said Hank on his profile he's obviously Japanese but it said Hank so I was like kind of curious so I sent him a message and he was like yeah I'm doing this photo shoot um, you know with, with one of my friends he's modeled for me before you should come just check it out and so at that time I had 
my Nikon, and I had just purchased my Fujifilm X100V, which is my small, my small pocket camera. So I brought both of those cameras with me, and I was just like, you know what, like, let's just see. And so I'm like watching Hank, and he's like directing the model and telling him, you know, do this, do this, do that. And like, I'm just holding my camera like, I hope, I hope this is all right. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. And like, I just, I took all of those feelings that I had that whole day, just that inadequacy with me. And, and I was a little bummed for a little bit and just thinking like, how can I ever get good at this if I, can, if I don't even feel comfortable, you know? Like, how do I, how do I get better? Um, and it made me at first not want to really take those risks, but at the same time, I just kept calling Hank and saying like, hey, when are you shooting again? And he'd be like, I'm doing this, come on out. And then if I had something, I'd be like, hey, Hank, come on out. Because like, I needed that kind of like energy um, to like pick me up because like I was really falling flat, you know, creatively. Kind of like your hype man. Yeah, yeah. A little bit. <laughs> and so then eventually, I, I, I grew comfortable enough to do some things on my own. Um, actually, I did a photo shoot. He did. He had. Um, he was meeting with up with a friend, Sebastian. He was meeting up with this guy, Sebastian, and they were gonna do a night shoot. I'd never done night photography, so it's like portraits and night. Like this shit's gonna suck. But I went out, you know, met Sebastian, like we, we shot, we got a couple of good shots together. Um, and actually, that was the first time that I actually felt comfortable taking a portrait. Um, and I used some of those shots to kind of land other referrals and collaborations moving forward. to my next question, uh, you talk about night shots compared to day shots, which do you both prefer? Day. Like, I mean, day. I, I, is it a yeah. loaded question? I, I'm not not sure. at all, okay, no. Okay. I like, mean, so you have photographers that do prefer to shoot at night. Night, okay, yeah. Um, that they exist. And I've heard photographers that just only prefer doing just rainy days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Compared to sunny days. I enjoy rain. <laughs> I don't prefer rain, but I enjoy rain because it creates a different situation that you're not normally shooting right, right. and so you can have a specific aesthetic on your entire feed but then you have that one rain shot and everybody's just like oh shit oh, okay. you know so that's what i do like about the rain okay yeah for me it's like um then it comes to the camera again this camera has not a good reputation for uh, night shots okay because of the small sensor um, um native iso very low i mean it's very technical yeah but long story short uh, I shoot at night. I got some good stuff at night, and uh, but I know that's not all the time. It's gonna be perfect, you know. So, so what is it about night shots? This is where I want to know. I mean, what, why do you like it? You have you have to. I mean, is it the is it the, the process? I mean, yeah. There's just it's just a different thought process. In the daytime, you're not searching for the light. You know, like you're you're bringing up the shutter speed because it's so bright outside so you have to kind of you know speed up the shutter speed so that you can properly expose your shot but there's not much that you're thinking about at night you're thinking about your shutter you're thinking about your aperture you're thinking about your iso like all of those little things that you have to tweak in the exposure triangle you're doing extra things so like i feel like you're learning the most when you're shooting in those kind of challenging situations so yeah like at night you have to think at the day you just have to think what you're going to do with the light it's too much, cut it. 
if it's little, which is rare during the day, bounce it, you know. Yeah. At night, you have to, um, you know, be careful with all these things. But on the other hand, as uh, Brendo said, all the aesthetics is different. You're gonna play with neon lights. You're gonna play with like, you know, dark alleys and highlights and shadows and you know. So that's why it's interesting to, to push yourself um, somewhere that you're not very familiar with. So I think that brings me to my next point because like a lot of people talk about coming to Japan and especially like with the cities like Tokyo or Osaka or wherever, it's a very photogenic country. Yes. I've, I've heard that expression so many times and I just feel like, yeah, I guess I guess it's a photographer and a videographer's dream to come here to just take photos. Yeah. But like, I want to know about you guys. You know, I've heard about the expression, a great photographer has a good eye and they, they, they're looking for something for that right shot. So yeah. for both of you, like, yes, this country is a great place to take photos, but like, what are you both of you looking at? Like, what is the, what are you, what are you looking at for like, taking that shot, you know what I mean? I'm looking for a good composition. You know, um, a good framing. How I'm gonna put the subject? How I'm gonna move that composition? Because I work with video, right? So I'm gonna have to make a move that makes sense on the final product, right? So that's what I'm looking for. And in that part, I'll be a little um, polemic. Uh, yeah, Japan is very photogenic, but uh, I think. If you know what you're doing, that's something we've talked about here already, you can shoot anywhere. And that's where we fall to the area, literally, that people prefer lately um, places out of the beaten path, right? Beaten track. So if you can do a nice shoot, not Tokyo Tower, Sky Tree, whatever, should be a crossing. You can do a good shoot anywhere. You can do it anywhere. Anywhere. Let's do it right here, right by the corner. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Next to the, the empty, empty, empty uh, beer bottles <laughs> and uh, <laughs> sake bottles. So basically, that's what I look for when I'm trying to do something. Like uh, my latest videos. Yeah, of course, that helped a lot because I was in Japan. You know, I went for a very. Um, I went to catch. You know, people, I, they like this, so let's shoot this. They like that, let's shoot that. You know? But as we said before, you have to be able to challenge yourself, you know. Well, Brandon, just just before we were recording, like you were talking about how you were you were editing a photo just yeah. before, and like talking about how like that car was annoying yeah. in that picture. Yeah. But like, uh, what is it like for you? What, what, that, that, what are you looking for? Because like, it's I like mean, in Japan, there's a lot of distractions. Yeah. In, in, in mm-hmm. I mean, for me, honestly, like. I don't really approach a photo as like I'm shooting a photo in Japan. Honestly, most of the time when you look at my portraits, you don't know that you're in Japan, and that's something I'm trying to work on okay. because I would like to like include that aspect to my photography. Um, but more so than like where I'm at, like where I'm living, country-wise or anything like that, I'm just looking at the frame. I'm thinking about what the background looks like. Does does the environment complement the outfit that my model is wearing? Um, how does the angle look? Because sometimes like I'll shoot up and there's not gonna be like anything but sky in the background. But you could still make the photo look nice. Um, and then like there is a photo series that I'm working on right now that I'm posting and it's all the back streets of Nakameguro. Um, 
and trying to like present it in a way that's visually appealing to people who only know of it for cherry blossom season you know what i mean because like i've only ever been here during cherry blossom season so coming here and like looking at down the river and seeing nothing but like green leaves is kind of weird so like still making that look you know appealing even though you're not here during the most desirable time of year that's usually like my goal i gotta be honest with you my favorite season in malcolm is after the cherry blossom season right after i do love watching the green leaves like just start popping up it's, I mean, it's, 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 it's a rapid transformation. It's a rapid yeah. transformation. Um, yeah, I mean, lately I've kind of liked working with green, so I shoot at Todoroki all the time. And most people who have never been to Japan or don't know anything about Japan, like when they look at those shots, they don't imagine that, that I'm shooting in Japan. Like they're just like, oh, he's in a forest park somewhere, you know, like, and I, and I don't mind that that's what they get from the shot. I, don't I, you want your your audience or the people that are looking at your photos, don't you want them to know that like you're taking some photos in Japan? Like, do you want to have a sense? Sometimes, yeah. but that's not the goal. Okay. I think that the major goal is just I think that what I would like um, when people observe my work is just to see my growth personally. Like to know that like this is how he was shooting in the beginning of the year. This is how he's shooting now. Like I can see progress. Um, I appreciate the recognition of progress more than I appreciate people just you know saying, "Oh, that's a great shot. That's a great shot." Like if they know, like you know, he used to shoot this way. I can tell he's you know doing a different technique. I can tell he's doing that. You know what I mean? That's I feel like that's more valuable to me because then that kind of tells me that like I'm evolving. Both of you guys mentioned like kind of popular spots to go shoot at, like whether it's you know Shibuya or Shinjuku. Or, and, like, you just mentioned Todoroki, right? Yeah. Are there other specific places, not just Tokyo, but like in Japan? Low key, nobody knows about. Yes. I honestly don't even want to talk. Here. I don't even want to talk to a lot of people about this place. I know because yeah. I know I, I, I get That's it. True. I get it. People but wanna, I will. People want to keep their secrets, you know. So. Like, I, I, I will. It, that's a very funny story if you allow but me to I, talk know, about hey, it. What's the point? Because it's going to be found out anyways. Mm. If we live in Japan, it's going to be found out anyways. Yeah. I was going to say, like, back in the day when I first started living in Nakamegaro, I thought no one's going to know about Nakamegaro. Right? This place. But then now, living here for such a long time, yeah. it's such a tourist spot now. Yeah, right? yeah. So, like, um, yeah, go ahead, Mike. Just, uh, yeah. As Brendo said, um, I like this challenge too. It happened to me actually very recently, uh, three weeks ago. Well, I planned this shot like uh, two months before. Sometimes I do. Sometimes it's like it's very spontaneous, like the last video I posted. But um, this one I planned two months before because as the Sakura, the sunflower has a very low season, like two weeks, right? So I thought actually I couldn't make it because I was busy editing other stuff and. Uh, when I notice like it's becoming the end of the summer, it's now or never. There's so many sunflower fields. So me and the person that I was going to film, so we just have to choose. And then I saw that I was busy. I, will, I would only have one weekend. And then you have to choose which sunflower field it's most bloom on that weekend. So all that comes, you know. So there was two, one, one hour and a half from Tokyo, less even, less than one hour. And another one, two hours from Tokyo, driving, okay? 
and uh, this one that we were supposed to go far away the weather was not good we we're checking the uh, fuji cams because they have a live camera that supposed to be one fuji in the background and there's some flower in the front uh, but it was not good you know and i was actually giving up on that okay let's go closer like let's go for what is going to be there and then uh, this person said ah yeah but um many people went there and took pictures there i didn't know because i was not on instagram and she said and she saw me the police like okay we are not going there let's go far away gotta do something new yeah and we got there man <laughs> the sun came out mount fuji was there you know and there was nobody there and uh, we could do anything like for two hours and then did she bring her drone hmm? did she? yeah yeah she that she got some footage but she said she didn't go through yet so i'm curious too is this one did I see this on Instagram? You saw, you saw the, you saw the store. No, that's that was before. That, that was, was before. Else. Okay, that was something. That's else. two videos ago. Uh, not my last video that I posted today. The other one is from the sunflower field. But like, uh, it was very risky because yeah. we supposed to get there and have no Mount Fuji. Right, right. And cloudy day, you know. And everything, oh everything just came. Yeah, together. came came together, man. So I like this challenge that. Um, to shoot in places that is not so easy accessible like this place you can only get by car you can't get by train right so we have to rent a car reserve a car you know and all the other things so yeah i don't want to as brando said i me either i don't want people to think uh i want to shoot only japan stuff because yeah. i plan to travel and i want my videos to still be great even if it's not in japan you know but i think what what's happening is if you shoot anything japan related it's well consumed yes so you have to choose if you want to there's it's a huge market yeah it is if you want to go for you know something that's sure that you're going to get views or sure that you're going to get creative right sometimes they don't work together well, I mean, I'm guessing like you want to just like open up your increase your audience yeah then go for the later yeah, yeah. so yeah so for me my place my one place it's actually I don't know why more people don't know about this place um, I found it by mistake I did a photo walk last weekend and bef so before I did a photo walk in this location I had been to this location four other times um, the first time that I came there it was kind of by mistake, by mistake, by accident, I guess. I was waiting for a friend who I was going to be doing a portrait shoot with, and she was on her way from um, Yomiuri Land, and I was kind of just hanging out, you know. Um, I went to the station where she was staying, and it was like in the middle of the sticks. I was like, where is this? Like, there's nothing here. And so I asked her if there was like any cafes around. She was like, I don't know. I, I don't think so. So I was like, all right, I need to find some place. I got to charge my phone. My battery's about to die. So I hopped on the train and I just went one stop over. I ended up at Tsurumi Station. Um, so I don't know if you're familiar with Tsurumi Station, but it's like, it's like Yokohama, but it's like next to Kawasaki. And I got there and I, at first I was gonna go to a cafe, but like a lot of cafes were just packed, so I couldn't sit down. So I spent 1500 yen and I bought a cable so I could charge my iPhone. And then I just started walking around. I was like, this city is very, like this area is very photogenic. Um, and it doesn't have Yokohama vibes. Like it's just very photogenic. I was walking around, it had a good street scene, lots of different lights bouncing off of walls and stuff. And I got the inspiration to do a photo walk there. 
So before I got the chance to do the photo walk, I ended up doing two other portrait shoots. So I did my portrait shoots and I did, I walked around different areas around the station and I found a Jinja somewhere, you know, kind of nearby. I was like, okay. And I think at that point I was like, okay, this is all that there is to this place. That's what I thought. Um, and then we had the photo walk and um, I invited Lisa, she came and she said that her friend had mentioned something about a temple somewhere near the, like somewhere near the station. I was like, so I thought she was talking about the Jinja. By the way, shout out to Lisa in Japan. She yeah. was supposed to make it out today. Yeah. So, so, so I thought that I, I thought that she was talking about the Jinja. So like that's where I took her, and she was like, "No, I don't think it's here. It's supposed to be bigger." And so, my youngest son he started to feel sick, so I had to take him, you know, to go handle business because he was doing what kids do, and he got a stomach bug like instantly. And so she texted me and she was like, "Hey, I'm heading over with Yumi to go to this temple." So I was like, "All right." So, you know, kid's doing his thing, and then, like, we come out, and then she sends me the name. And so I'm, like, looking at it, I'm just like, what is this? Like, what, why, why, like, why, why was she adamant about going here, like, to this place? But, like, we end up, you know, getting the group back together, and we head over to this location. And then we, like, walk in, and it's just, like, it's massive. This place is huge. Like whenever you go in, like it feels like you're in Kyoto or like somewhere else. Like it does not feel like anywhere here. Like it doesn't feel like Kanagawa. Like you feel like you're somewhere else. There's like this really huge like funeral uh, ceremonial building, like massive. And then like there's like temples, 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 like all over the, the grounds. There's temples everywhere. And like this really cool building with like these um, wooden pillars that like had those, like that photo that I was editing was from there. And like the light was just amazing, like, and like I just I just remember like just being so shocked that I like as long as I've been here I never heard of this place and it's so close to where I live, and it's and it's like thirty minute train ride from Shinagawa, like it's it's. Do you know the name? It's called Sojiji. Sojiji. Okay. Yeah. Have you ever been there? Never. I. It sounds amazing. I, you need to go. When you go, <laughs> it's gonna blow your mind. You're gonna be like. How did I not know about this place? <laughs> and it's near, basically it's on the Kawasaki Shi. Kawasaki, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, the JR, JR, JR line, yeah, yeah. Tsurumi Station, right next to Kawasaki. It's the most amazing shrine, I believe, in this area that no one knows about. I mean, but that's the thing about Tokyo. There's so many little gems yeah. in different mixed corners. Like, my entire life in Tokyo has been this area or the south or Shinjuku. But like above from Shinjuku and north, I have no idea. I uh, I don't know what's up there. Right? My so tip is there. from there. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or like my 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 in-laws are from Asakusa, right? So like my my wife's older sister's husband is born and raised Asakusa. Like he is a true. So I we we go to Asakusa for like family events and stuff. So whenever I go to the east side of uh, Tokyo, I'm just like, yo, this is a bro, this is a different planet. Yeah, it's very like, different. The Asakusa crew, like my 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 in laws, my family, Asakusa, they're they're different. It's like, been a minute since I've even been there. Like but, but the, the way they even speak Japanese, it's just like like this is our this is our hood. Like yeah. I don't know. And well, I, I, that's what I love about Tokyo, how it's just so yeah. It's so huge, but like it's different countries yeah. in the city. So, like, yeah. But, like, wow, that's pretty cool. I've, I've, I've never seen heard of the spots. It's it's yeah, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. And like, um, campus is just the campus is massive. They have the little offshoot pass. Like, so it's it's almost kind of like I 
I haven't been everywhere in Kamakura, but I'm pretty sure that this temple is bigger than any temple I've ever seen in Kamakura. just like I like angles I don't know I like angles and like colors like I think for a while like recently I've kind of been into red and so um, yeah I mean like I just like to shoot like this like you know like strange angles maybe get some reflections in there like I'm trying to do a lot more reflective work um, and I don't like like direct head-on eye contact like I don't I, like I, that I don't know I, why I, I, Marty, I, I've seen you, but Brent and I, I've noticed with your feed, you definitely don't do straight up. Like, yeah, uh, I, I used to. Yeah, I used to. Um, I got challenged by a videographer friend of mine who just said that your photography, he said straight up, your photography looks so lazy. I was like, what does that mean? But like, I started to think about it, and the more I thought about it, like, the more I kind of agreed with him, like, because... I don't know. I mean, like, if, if I were branding myself as a photographer in general, I would call myself a lazy photographer. Because, like, I there's just certain things that I don't like to do, and there's certain things that I won't do. Um, mostly for the sake of time. I, I just don't like... I, I will not spend more than... The longest I've ever spent editing a photo was 25 minutes. But typically, I spend about 5 to 10 minutes editing a shot um, that I'm going to post. That's why I don't know Photoshop. I don't want to do anything that requires me to spend hours and hours and hours tweaking and finessing something. And that's also why I haven't really gotten into video that much. But that's the reason why I really love Reels, because you don't have to think a lot. You can kind of just like, you know? Um, Is this something that you want to pursue in the future? I would really like to get into more video in the future. I'm just, I just knowing myself, I feel like I would never be the person that just like, okay, you know, I need to learn how to, you know, I, I'm just not, all, I'm just not into like the technicalities of things. Sure, like sure. I just want to do it like, you know, light speed, light speed edits, light speed shots. Um, that's just how I've been. I don't know. Well, me, I, I spent three months without posting, but <laughs> uh, the last week, last one week, I post two videos. Um, what I like most is movement. That's why I chose videos, right? Right, right. And um, it's funny enough, uh, this last two months I was out, I was editing a wedding video, my first wedding video. And oh, I was gonna ask you, like, have you ever done weddings? That was like, I will never, yeah. I will never. I we did, were talking I did about this now. Um, <laughs> you, do you, you do weddings? Or? That was my first, yeah. and I have a lot of feelings about it because the couple was my friend. Okay. And I shot the wedding proposal. It was a secret, right? I was hidden and stuff. And I remember I didn't want to shoot the wedding proposal because I thought it was too much responsibility. I wasn't, that was like November. I didn't know you, I didn't know all the crew yet. I was like, you know, baby crawling yet. 
I did, but uh, as soon as I gave the video for them, I said uh, I will not do the wedding because I'm I'm not professional. I'm far behind. They said okay, okay, don't worry. Then the wedding came, yeah. and like my life got crazy in six months, right? And when they came to ask me, I said, okay, yeah, I will do it. And I was very confident, and everything went as planned. But like, it's like a 12, 13 hour shoot, right? Oh yeah, because you're, you're just yeah. up from morning to you can you touching every moment. You have to shoot everything <laughs> because there's that moment that the groom gonna cry. You need that. Yeah. Your camera cannot be off. And you gotta do all the like the other wear like they're repairing the makeup. Yeah. How, many, how many batteries did you have? <laughs> Seven. I used I used five. I used five batteries. And well, I used how long does each battery take usually? Uh, it depends. Uh, but like yeah, an hour okay. or an hour and a half. Damn, dude. That's like, like six uh, five batteries and I use uh, six uh, SD cards. Damn. So basically uh, <laughs> Back to that, um, for me, the wedding video was my graduation. Okay. Like, okay, I can do this. This is not a playing around. <laughs> if you're here wearing a suit with a camera in the hand, you have to deliver, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. You can't be a chump wearing a suit with a camera. Yeah, can't. and for the amount of money you're getting for that, you know, you have to deliver. Right. So I was like, okay. And. So back to your question, I like movements, and when I delivered that video, yeah. one thing that everybody said when they watch it, like from the family and the, and the couple, there's a few shots that you were stopped. Everything is a movement, yeah. and it's true. I will show you some now, and uh, I was very happy to hear that, because you can put it on a tripod yeah. if you want to like, a, you know, a still shot, yeah. right, yeah. Of, a, of a video, yeah. right? Yeah, one, one comment that I've always had about Mari and his videography is he has he has a surgeon's hands when it comes to video it's nice you, like thank you everything that he does is handheld he doesn't prop things up and like pan oh, okay. his video process is all handheld so it's body movement okay. like no gimbals well I mean he uses gimbals sometimes but like Generally, all of the footage that you see on his account, it's all him just holding the camera. Because Mario, one of my favorite videos that you've done is the one, maybe the most recent one of Asakusa, where you took it from, it started the micro macro, yeah, 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 yeah. macro to uh, then yeah, down. close up, yeah. Is that from the, the new building? That no, that's funny that because from? I want to shoot somewhere. Not the same angle. Everybody goes to that building yeah, in front. Would, exactly, and then they, they take a shot of the, the shooting guy. Yeah. The, the I was like, oh, I will not go here, you know. I was like, let's find. I was with my friend Camila, and I was like, let's find a place. And we were just go, what building is gonna be in front of this? <laughs> and we look back in that building. So we went. It was a hotel. Oh. Yeah, and they have a spot. I, I would post like. So you, so you went, got a room yeah. at the hotel, yeah, yeah, just yeah, took the yeah, shot, yeah. and then go down to the... Yeah. It's nice, it was a really nice transition, going straight to the, um, even to the um, smoke, to the Camodi. Oh, yeah, yeah, so I wanted to like, I, that's a series that, I, because I, I don't have much time, I haven't been done any, but I have something planned for other areas, yeah. you know, yeah. and do the same system. I did a Shibuya Crossing the same, which was the first, and it was the video that, made me here's money's skydiving down to shibuya yeah. like with a lens oh i wish man <laughs> like i wish <laughs> i wish landing on like shibuya's dream building yeah. <laughs> so yeah basically i like movement and my last two videos 
this one that I post today, Brandon was with me when I shot. Um, that's something very interesting because some shots I planned months ahead, and some shots like that one, it's like it happened like you know, we're just there. I shot randomly and I put together. He's been so busy lately. I've been busy, man. We used to, we used to shoot all the time. Um, yeah, I, I, I haven't been yeah. to any photo shoot walk. I, I did the first photo walk that I did back in February. I met up with him, yeah. Um, I just wanted to bring a clubhouse connection to the real world. I was guessing, like, I thought you were you're still doing this? Yeah, I'm still, yeah, I'm still, I'm still talking with people from clubhouse. Um, uh, and so, like, we had been talking a, a little bit, and then the day that I decided to do it, I was actually shooting with another photographer. Um, that I had met, and he is a friend of a guy that I met on Clubhouse. Okay. But he didn't speak much English at all, okay. and so um, I wanted to see if a couple other people like wanted to come. So like I started sending out a bunch of messages, and at that time it was like first one, like there was like no interest, nobody wanted to show up. Um, I contacted uh, I contacted Watch here, and he was just like, I was like, hey, what are you doing right now? And he was like, I'm on the platform, I'm about to go home. Yeah. I was like, do you have your camera with you? Like, let's let's go shoot in Shibuya. And he was like, well, I have my camera. And he was like, what time are you shooting? And I was like, like right now. So he got off, he, he turned around and came the other way. And that was the first time that we shot um, at a photo walk, first photo walk. But like, a, because of this wedding video, I haven't seen and shot with anybody. Because, as I said, the lack of time for editing, and I had to deliver this. So I closed myself for everything. I unlocked myself out of Instagram. I switched off the notifications. So that's why I like it. I answer you when I went back to, to Instagram. Remember, I'm sorry for late answer. I want to participate. I was happy, like, okay. He, 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 he was off the grid. Yeah, I was off the grid, you know? And now I'm getting back normal. I post two videos in one week for me. That's a record, you know, ever. So yeah, like now I'm, I'm back. Before I let you guys go for this episode, oh, so sure. Uh, I, did, I mean, hey, yeah, it is what it is. But like, you guys are coming from two different places in your career, in your yeah, your, your story in photography and videography. But what would be the best advice you would give for up and coming uh, photographers or videographers? What would be like something that you give? And not just about you know coming to Japan or anything like that. But what, what is your advice? People want to be interested. I, honestly, I would say like it doesn't matter what kind of equipment that you have. It doesn't matter like the gear or anything. Lydia, what's oh up? What's up? I can see you. It doesn't. It doesn't matter what gear or equipment that you have, like at all. I would say the most important thing is consistency. You have to. You have to practice. You have to be committed to the process. The only reason I got better was because I was shooting every single day. That's the only reason. That's true. That's true. Um, I will repeat that because probably that's the most important tip It's like keep doing do it wrong you know uh, post it don't post it but do it right but for me most of all uh, it's something that um, I'm proud is that you have to do for yourself and uh, be faithful for your ideas I have an idea I want to shoot a girl jumping in parachute from Roppongi Hills right Okay, that's impossible, but um, find a way to do it. You want to go to that location with that person? You want to use like a balloon like I used, you know, floating balloon? Keep your idea, you know. Try. Of course, it's good to be inspired by other people, but if you have something that's yours, do it. It doesn't matter how long it will take. 
you know, yeah. just do it. Yeah. That's, that's my that's and that's what he told me whenever I was starting to do video, um, and I was trying to figure out like what I wanted to do, how I wanted to do it. He was just like, just think about something that like you can do like from your perspective, like your story, and just like make it your own. Um, I think that there's a lot of people out there that don't really think about that. You know, making making it their own, making it something that like can't really easily be replicated. Um, because that's important, you know, you have to differentiate yourself from others in order to have that, that something special that people look at and say, okay, this is, this is a video that Brandon made, this is a video that Wash made, you know. Brandon, Marty, I think you guys, thank you guys for coming on this podcast. Oh, thank you for inviting me. I hope I did something of justice because I think it's really important to have voices of the photographers themselves because I think... In, in the realm of photography in Japan, your role is very underrated and very underappreciated, in my opinion. Because we only see the models, we only see the, the, the pictures of the landscapes. And I thought that this was really an important episode to hear the voices of like what you guys really want to do. And um, I hope I can you know, do justice to share your story. Oh, man. I would say that the, my favorite photo that I took this year was the photo that I took of him. Okay, um, okay. And it was at night, um, ambient, just ambient light. Um, but it, it just really felt important to me to capture. It felt really important to me to capture a photographer, you know, like because we're barely on the other side of the lens. Exactly. And I love that photo. That's why I posted. That's awesome. Yo, guys, thank you for coming. Thank yeah. you, guys. Once again, a huge shout out to Brandon and Muddy Wash to come out and, you know, share their passion about photography and film and videography. Um, I, I just think they did a, an amazing job to kind of give a little bit of a peek about what they are into and like how they go about their business in Japan. And hopefully they're you know, their love of photography and videography can spread all over uh, outside of Japan as well. So, yeah, please check out their uh, Instagram pages because they do some amazing stuff. Uh, so Brandon goes, uh, his uh, Instagram handle is at small world photo. And uh, Mari Wash, he, yeah, he just goes at, at Mari Wash. Uh, I'll, I'll put those uh, Instagram handles on my show notes. So yes, you are listening to Made in Japan conversations with Meljo Catalan. Um, if you like what you heard in this episode, this episode is mostly a donation-based podcast. So uh, if you really feel like you would like to um, donate and buy drinks for my guest, come visit my Kofi page that's co-fi.com slash made in Japan podcast or if you can leave a comment or review on Apple Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast and probably the best thing for me would be just kind of spread the word um you know I think that's the most powerful thing I, I I'm not in it for you know the fame and glory of like <laughs> in the podcast world, I guess I'm not. I, I don't want it to be. I just want it to be a great podcast for uh, as a resource for people who are very interested in uh, 
Japan and the people that live in this country that are trying to make it or who have made it. So, um, yes, uh, I'm glad that I'm back. And also, if you have any questions, comments, and concerns, please feel free to email me at japanmademepodcast at gmail.com, as well as hit me up on my social media, um, my Instagram and my Facebook. The handle is at Made in Japan Podcast. So, uh, thank you for listening, and I will be back again with another episode. Take care and peace out.